Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Hallelujah. And Luke chapter 16 is where we're headed if you have your Bibles. You know, everybody's making New Year's resolutions and statistics show that about 45% of Americans make New Year's resolutions. You want to know what they are? These are the top 10 resolutions that are being made right now. Number one, you probably guessed it, lose weight. (laughs) Number two, get organized, spend less, save more, enjoy life to the fullest, staying fit and healthy. Learn something exciting, quit smoking, help others in their dreams, fall in love, aw, aw, spend, spend more. We'll help people do that here. Come in February, I'm preaching the whole month in February is going to be on love. Spend, spend more time with the family, all of these things. You notice that the top two, in, or the top five, two of them have to do with weight and health. <laughs> A few years back, <coughs> I bought Heather... A, a gym membership. We were in New Orleans and I bought her a gym membership. And gym memberships in New Orleans uh, are not as cheap as they are around here. I think it was 80, 100 bucks for the family or whatever. They're not as, they're, they're pretty pricey anyway. So for Christmas, she wanted, the one thing she wanted was a gym membership. So I got her a gym membership. And the condition on me giving that membership, somehow or another, I got roped into going to the gym with her. Now, I, I know that I look buff today, and uh, I look like I go to the gym a lot, and uh, that's the place that I long to be, right? You know, I'm a gym rat, and, and I know that lo- it looks that way today, but, but during that time, I didn't really necessarily care to go to the gym. That was a New Year's resolution, that, and it didn't last long, but, um, but I went to the gym, in January, you know, the first, first week of January, we go to the gym and the parking lot is full. All these people have bought gym memberships for their spouses and they're all coming to the gym and they're all fulfilling their New Year's resolutions, right? And then something strange happened. You know, we, we went the same time every day and there was, parking lot was packed and then the more we went... February rolls around, it's not quite so packed anymore. March rolls around, there's nobody there. You get right on the equipment. It's funny how that works. We make these resolutions that that we don't keep, we don't intend to keep. We say them with our mouth, but we don't keep them with our heart. But I want to challenge you this year that you and I need to have a God resolve in our heart that we're going to press into God, we're going to press into His presence, press into Him to know Him more fully, to understand Him more deeply, to be embraced by his love, to be embraced by his presence. In Luke chapter 16, in verse 16, it says, the law and the prophets were until John. Talking about John the Baptist. The law and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Everyone is pressing into the kingdom of God. 
The context of what Jesus is teaching here today in this passage of Scripture, he's just been teaching them that you can't love two masters. You will love one master and despise the other. He's, he's, he's comparing the love of money to the love of God. And he's, he's comparing loving the world system to loving God. And then he, as he's teaching this, he looks at the Pharisees and he says to the Pharisees, you are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your heart. And then he follows it up with this verse. Since the time of John. John has preached the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. And since then everyone is pressing into it. There's a little bit of a ring on the stage guys. That word pressing into, the, the word pressing means to press in. It means to take by violence. It means to go violently and take by force. To, to apply force, to press in. Jesus is saying here, there's two elements of what Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture. He's saying, look, if you're going to press in, pressing into the kingdom of God is this, that you can't follow the worldly systems. You can't fall in love with the worldly systems. You have to press into God. And secondly, he says, the message of John the Baptist was the fulfillment of the message of the kingdom. He says John the Baptist was preaching the fulfillment of the message of the kingdom. Well, what is that message? What is the message that John the Baptist was preaching? He said, he said, look, repent, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He comes with his winnowing fork in his hand. He preached a message of repentance. He, meant, he preached a message of repentance and he preached a message that this, this man, Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This was John the Baptist's message. And Jesus said, this is the message of the kingdom of heaven. It is our message today. It's still our message today. Repent from your dead works. Turn to God. Press into God. Press into the kingdom of God. Press into God today. And He, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Amen. Even as night gives way to the, the shadows of darkness that were. Even so, Jesus came and John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isaiah said, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Yeah, the shadows of the past, the shadows of the things that were, were passing away. And Jesus, the glory of the only, the, the Father, glory, the only begotten of the Father, came stepped into creation came and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory John the Baptist said behold the Lamb of God see him today behold him today for yourself fix your eyes on Jesus fix your eyes on the glory of God today that's what John the Baptist's message was. He even said, less of me and more of you. I must decrease in John 3. And he must increase. He must increase in my life. This was the message of John the Baptist. That we must press in to the kingdom of God. To continually drink from the wells of salvation. We must press into God. What does that mean that we've got to press in? We've got to press into the kingdom of God. We've got to violently press in. The expression that Jesus is using here, pressing in to the kingdom, shows strength of desire. It shows that there is a, there is a strong desire, an earnest desire for the things of God. We as 
children of God are influenced by the Spirit of God to press in. There's a desire, there's a hunger for the things of God. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a desire not to go to heaven or to go to heaven and not go to hell. There's a desire to go to heaven and enjoy the presence of God in heaven and avoid hell. But, but it's more than that. As children of God, we've been adopted in. We've been, as we were singing earlier, we've been brought in, adopted in as children of God. It's more than that. We've become secure in our adoption. We're, we're comfortable and secure and know that we're born again. But to press into God, for them that believe to press into God means to know God in His fullness, to enjoy Him in His fullness, to know His love, to be transformed by Him. Yeah, we're, we're secure in who we are in Christ. And we move on from the altar and we press in. We press into God daily in our lives. We press into God. We stop living in sin. We stop living in our carnal nature. And we start pressing in to the presence of God being transformed by Him. <clears throat> That's what Jesus was talking about. There, there are those there are those that, that their lives are consumed with trying to determine whether or not they're going to heaven or hell. All they're interested in, as some would say, their fire insurance. They just, they just want to know that they're okay. They're not going to hell. But those that have been truly born again, those that have been truly redeemed, are, are more concerned about knowing the one who has ransomed them. They're more concerned about knowing that the God loves them and, and Enjoying his love and enjoying his presence. <clears throat> the man who's become regenerated is more concerned about knowing the one who secures their eternity. We press into God. We press into his presence. Yeah, there are those. There are those who will experience seasons of awakening. We can look through history. And we can hear through the echoes of history those that have been touched by God in, in seasons of awakening. But they don't continue on. The touch from God doesn't become a lifestyle. You've got to learn to press in. God might reveal himself to you. He might touch your life. He might touch your emotions. He might affect you. He might begin to draw you into himself. But daily you and I must press into his presence. It must become a lifestyle that we press in. Those, those who have been affected by God, their minds are consumed with their desire for God. Those who have been affected by the presence of God. Their spirit mans are consumed with their desire for God. Those that, that have been transformed, those that are pressing into the kingdom of God, their paramount desire is to know God and to enjoy Him and to find their pleasure in Him. They're not looking for ways to find pleasure in this life. They're not looking for ways to compromise in this life. They're looking and, and pursuing and pressing in how they might know God and enjoy Him more fully. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? In Psalms 27, 
Verse 4, David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. One thing. There's one desire of my life. It's not to get rich. It's not to have fame. It's not to have fortune. It's not to be known. It's to know God. It's to seek after Him, to enjoy Him in His temple, to see His power and to see His glory, to inquire of the Lord in His sanctuary. That was David's burning desire. It ate him up. It burned within him. It was a fire in Jeremiah's bones. It drove them into the presence of God. And they pressed in. They pressed into God. They pressed in to the kingdom of God. Is that your desire this year? Is it your desire that above all else you would press into God? You would press in to the kingdom and the presence of God to know His love and to know His intimacy, to know His power, to inquire of Him in His sanctuary. God, place a burning desire in our heart for Your presence again. God, that we wouldn't go back to the old ways, that we wouldn't succumb to the carnal nature, but we press, press into your presence. Not giving in as this world does, looking for compromise, but oh, I want to press in as close as I can get to the presence of God. That's what pressing into God is all about. This expression that Jesus uses not only shows the strength of desire, there's a resolution, it's a firm resolution it's a firm resolution to do exactly, to obtain exactly what I'm seeking after. Not only do I have a desire to do so, but I am not stopping pressing in until I obtain what I have set out to obtain. Jeremiah 29, God said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord to press into God, resolve to obtain what you're seeking after. In Luke chapter 15, we find the parables. We find the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Each of them, the lost sheep, the lost sheep, he had, he, he had his sheep and his sheep got lost. The lost coin, the woman had the coin and she lost it. She had to go find it the lost son. We know the parable of the prodigal son. Each of them had something that they possessed and they lost it. Each of them went on a journey, on a search to find what they had lost. And each of them celebrated when they found that which was lost. Each of us are separated from God from our sin because of our sin and our carnality. But Christ came and brings us back to God, has redeemed us and purchased us and has made way for us to press in behind the veil, to come into the holy of holies and to live behind the veil, to live in the presence of God. And each of us can live in this place of celebration. Oh yeah, there's a celebration going on in heaven in these parables over the loss that's found. But our celebration continues every day because we can live in the presence of God. It's not just a one-time prayer and a one-touch will do you. But every day, I've got to grab hold of the garment of God. Every day, I have to step in behind the veil. Every day, I have to dig into the Word. I have got to eat and feast on the Word of God. I've got to drink of the blood and eat of the flesh of Jesus every day. Every day, pressing in. 
It is our continual celebration. Don't become, my friend, like the elder brother who became jealous and was selfish of the younger who got the attention of his father. Yeah, become like the younger brother who came in, who came in and humbled himself and desired to know that his father, desired to understand his loving father and how he could love him in such a way. Be, be like that. Don't become selfish and jealous and prideful. Yeah, the religious, the religious people, as Jesus said, they'll make resolution with their mouth, but their hearts don't follow through with it. Oh yes, if you'll ask them, do you want more of the Lord? Yes, brother, I want more of the Lord. If you ask them, do you want an awakening in this community? Oh yes, we want Jesus to come in our community. But when you ask them, will you come to the altar? Will you read your word? Will you worship on a daily basis? Will you pray? Will you intercede? Will you serve? Will you be discipled? I don't know about that, brother. There are mouths say things that their hearts will not follow. As we press into God, we are transformed. Yes, it's a great endeavor. Pressing into God is a great endeavor. It requires strength of desire. It requires an unwavering resolution. But when you have those things, it will produce great endeavors. They become violent when you have a desire to press into God, to seek after God, and you have a resolution to obtain Him, and nothing else will do. You will embark on the greatest journey. You will sacrifice it all just to see Jesus just to get a hold of him in Matthew 13 we find this verse again the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field Here's this farmer who's out in the middle of, his, of this field one day. It's not even his field. He's just roaming through somebody else's field. Maybe it was neighboring his field. Who knows? He's out one day in this field and he stumbles across a great jewel of great price, of great value. And he finds it and he buries it underneath the oak tree so he knows where it's at. And he, he buries it there by that oak tree and digs a hole and plants it and he knows that it's there. And every day he goes out to the field and he checks to make sure that that valuable jewel is still there until, until he sells everything that he has. He sells all that he has to buy that field. And he goes back and he uncovers the precious jewel of great price, the valuable jewel. Today, you and I must sell all that we have to inherit, to press in, to obtain the precious promises of God. We've got to Lay it all down and press into God today. We've got to become like that farmer who sells it all, who gives it all up, who sells everything that he has to obtain God. Pressing into God shows one actively engaged in pressing into God. When you're saying you're pressing into God, you're actively engaged in it. You can't say, I'm pressing into God and do nothing. When there's a desire in your heart, when there's an earnest seeking in your heart, when you're embarking on the endeavor of knowing God and being transformed by Him, you can't live like the devil anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't live in compromise anymore. 
Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? You can't continue on as things were before because you're engaged in a higher business. You're engaged in a better quality of business. You're seeking after the king. You're pressing in to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. People can be at great distress over their sinfulness, over the cares of the world, over the depravity around them. People can find great pleasure in religious exercise, and yet none of these would constitute pressing into God. Many people get entangled in determining who they are before God, whether or not they're the elect. Have they committed the unpardonable sin? Has their day for redemption passed? Or some other mysterious uh, doctrine of religion. These have become more concerned with shadows of their own mind, and their exercise has been in their own work and not about pressing into God. Instead of fighting the giants that keep them from Canaan, they are enslaved to the erroneous reports from fear-ridden spies. They are satisfied with the opinion of others rather than discovering God's depth for themselves. Don't spend your time finding phantoms of your own mind. Press into God. Stop living in the fear and the rejection and the worries of your past. Stop living. Am I, a, am I condemned or am I guilty or am I... The, have you been born again? Then press into God. Get in your word. Start worshiping. Start praying. Pray in the spirit. Get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself and stop living under the fear of phantoms that spies have told you about. There are wolves in sheep clothing. Get a hold of yourself and press into God. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26, Paul said, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Verse 24 says, I run to obtain the prize. I press in to obtain the prize. I have a prize set before me. It is Jesus himself. It's not the gold streets. It's not the pearly gates. All those things are wonderful. But the prize is Jesus himself. I'm pressing in to know him. I'm pressing in to understand his love. I'm pressing in to know the depths of who he is. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, Ask and you will receive, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Ask, seek, knock, press in to God. Ephesians 6 says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We press into God. We press in knowing that we're living in evil times. We know that we live in a day and age of depravity and compromise and carnality. Oh yeah, it fills the church. It fills the, it fills the churches with compromise. The stench of compromise and sin is rising before the Father and judgment is soon to come on this earth. The judgment of God is soon to be displayed. But to those of us who are born again, those of us that love Him and love His Word, those of us that desire Him and seek after Him, we press in. We press in. We redeem the time. We know the days are evil and we press into God. 
By pressing into God is denoted that there is breaking through of opposition. Oh yeah, if you decide to press into God, there will be assaults, there will be obstacles, there will be opposition against you. But when you press into God, all of a sudden, the Lord of the breaker, the Lord of the breaker steps in on your behalf and He begins to break through the obstacles and the circumstances that you face. All of a sudden, when you begin to press into God, all of a sudden, those obstacles Obstacles are laid waste before you. In Isaiah 45, it says this. God says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you. God says, I, I will do this. I will give you. I will break. I will liberate. I will bless. God will do this on your behalf. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name and the God of Israel. Have you heard him call your name, friend? Has he called your name? Have you been born again? Are you his? Has he inscribed you on the palm of his hand? Are your walls ever before him? If they are, then he will go before you and break into pieces every obstacle that you face. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight. You'll face obstacles, but sometimes there's weight that has ensnared you around your neck. You've, you've probably taken it up in your carnality, in your depravity. You've taken on the weight of a sin or, or a weight of worry or a weight of fear. Cast it off and run the race that's before you. Fix your eyes on Jesus, Paul said in Hebrews. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Even so, you and I have to lay off every weight that has ensnared us and fix our eyes and run, press, press, violently go in, go after the kingdom of God. Go after God. Go after God. In First Chronicles, David faced some difficulties. How many of you know David faced a lot of uncertainty and difficulties? In First Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 8, it says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel... Isn't it just like the enemy? When God says, I've anointed you. I've called you. I've set you apart. I've called you as my own. I've set you apart. You will be a prophet to the nations, Jeremiah. David, you'll be a a king. The enemy catches wind of it. Hears about it. Says, we got to stop this. So the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it. And he went out against them. <clears throat> in verse 9 of 1 Chronicles, it says, Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephim. That, that valley, that, that translation there of the valley means of might, of strength. They came out to David in the place of strength, in the place of might. They came out to meet him, to kill him. And in in verse 10 it says, And David inquired of God, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, and I will give them into your hand. And so he went up to Baal Perazim, and David struck them down there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a bursting flood. Therefore, he named the place that is called Baal Perazim. I'll talk about that in a moment. David, at this point in life, is a successful king. At this point, he's got his kingdom. He's been anointed king. He's got a large family. 
He's got lots of money. He's got lots of fame. Matter of fact, at this point, another king has sent lumber and supplies and workers to build David a royal palace. How many of you would like a friend like that? <laughs> Let me send you everything you need. I'll build you a royal palace. And I'm sure that it was a very nice palace. David was getting ready to receive the Ark of the Covenant. Everything for David was going well at this point. The Philistines caught word of what God was doing through David and they wanted to stop it. And they go out to meet him in battle. And God says, I've given them into your hand. And he goes out and he meets them and he successfully destroys them. He successfully defeats them. And he names the place this, Lord of the Breakthrough. Oh, you just missed an opportunity to shout. <laughs> he named the place Lord of the Breakthrough. When the enemy rises up against you, when fear comes against you, when defeat comes against you, when the enemy tries to stop the plan of God in your life, the Lord of the Breakthrough comes in and will defeat your enemy. He will give them into your hand. Hallelujah. Press into God. Press into God and He will take care of every obstacle and every assault that you face. Why should we press into God? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Give me about 30 more minutes, about an hour more, two hours maybe. We'll just, we'll just keep going here. <laughs> Why should we press into God? Because of the necessity to enter to the kingdom. If you want to press into the kingdom of God, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, you've got to press into the kingdom of God. Yes, the way has been provided. Jesus has come. But it is up to you and I to press in. We find the parable of the ten virgins. Five wise and five foolish. The five foolish weren't prepared. They didn't take their oil. And when the time came, they found themselves standing outside a locked door. And nobody would open it. If you and I don't press in, if we don't take hold of what God has given us, if we don't walk through the open door that's been provided to you and I, there is, there is absolutely no place for God to open the door after it's been shut. He will leave it shut and you will be drug off by the demons of torture into outer darkness. You will find yourself not in the kingdom of God. Press in, press into God before you're swallowed up in the fury and the wrath of God. Consider the shortness and the uncertainty of our days. We don't know how long we have. God has set the boundaries of our lives and, and we don't know where those boundaries are. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. For every single one of us in this room, there is a date written in God's date book where you and I will step into eternity. Press into God now while you have the chance. Press into God now while you have the opportunity. Don't wait. Don't wait to discover the boundary has been met. Don't wait to discover that the days of your life have been met. Press into God now. On account of the obstacles, we ought to press into the kingdom of God. Matthew 7, 14 says, Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And few find it. Press in. Press in. The obstacles are great. The assaults will come. Press in. Luke 13, 24 says, strive to enter the narrow gate. 
Many, I say to you, will seek after to seek to enter, but they will not be able. In Isaiah 35, Isaiah says there will be a highway shall be there, a road, and it will be called the highway of holiness, and the unclean shall not pass over it. Press into God. Let him transform you. Know him more intimately. Fall in love with God again. Fall in love with God again. Fall in love with his presence. Fall in love with his word. Press, press into God. We should press into God because he's made a way for us. Acts 4.12 says that there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Press in. Take hold of the name and the person of Jesus. 2 Timothy. Paul told Timothy, I hope, I pray that God would grant them repentance that they might know the truth. Press in while you understand. Press in while God's given you a repentant heart. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Press into God. We should press into God because of his excellent nature and the pleasure that we find in God. Ephesians chapter 3 says this reason, Paul Paul said, I bow my knee before the Father. I'm praying for you. Paul told the church of Ephesus, I'm praying, and this is why, and this is what I'm praying for you. That according, verse 16, to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled. Everybody say filled. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Press in and obtain the fullness. Don't sit on the, on the ankle deep river banks. Press into the river of God. Step into the fullness of his presence. And obtain the fullness of God for yourself. Hallelujah. Now to him. Verse 20. Now to him. Yeah. Now to him who is able. He is able. He has the power and the ability. We looked at that last week. He has the power and the ability to do all that he's promised. He's able. He's able as you press in to God. He's able to bring you into all the fullness. He desires for you to have all the fullness. There is an eternal fullness. There's an infinite depth of the greatness of the glory of God. And he desires for you and I to embark on that journey of the discovery of the depths of our God. Oh, he is able. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations. Yeah, there is an excellent nature of God to discover. There's pleasures in God to obtain. We ought to press in. Why are we to press in? Because earnestly seeking God in this life prepares us for living in the eternal kingdom. In Revelation 21, it says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. What is our purpose in this life? To become a habitation for the presence of the Lord? To become a habitation for God? We, you and I, are being built brick by brick, living stones upon another to be a habitation of his presence. What do you think we will do for all eternity? We've become the bride of Christ. We've become, yeah, in the new Jerusalem, we are his bride. We are the habitation for God himself. This, my friend, is the dressing room for eternity. You and I are being prepared 
prepared for things to come. Press in. Press into God and let Him transform you. Let Him change you. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the band to come back. I'm going to wrap this up. Why? Why are we to press into God? Oh, God, help us to press in. Press into the deep things of God. How are we to do that? How are we to press in? How are we to press into God? Press into the kingdom. We got to be willing to sacrifice everything for this eternal desire. Let nothing stand in your way. Let no carnal appetite. Let no company of friend. Let no, let, let nothing, let absolutely nothing stand in your way. No convenience. No credit or honor. Let nothing stand in your way of obtaining God. Let me say this. Every father in this room are to lead his family in pressing into God. Set the example. Make the house of God a priority for you and your family. Make living in the presence of God a priority this year. And every day and every year. Galatians 5 says... Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk, walk, walk in the Spirit. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? Are you living a life of worship? Is your life saturated with godly music? Are you listening to things that are depressing, discouraging, and gangrene is what the Bible calls it. Gossip. Gangrene. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you saturating your life with? What are you putting in through your ears? Press into God. Lay aside the depravity of man. Well, pastor, do you have a problem with secular music? I have a problem with anything that keeps me out of the presence of God. That's what I have a problem with. Isn't that what sin is? Sin is finding satisfaction in anything that Jesus can't fulfill. Press into God. What are you reading? Are you in your word? Let's make this very practical. How much time do you spend in the word of God? How much time do you spend memorizing scripture and learning the truths of the word of God? How much time do you spend listening to the sermon podcast? How much time do you spend putting the word of God into you? Press in, press in, press in. How do you spend your time? Is it on the couch eating potato chips? Are you pressing into God? When you're bored, listen, Christians don't have time to be bored. (laughs) We don't have time to be bored. Redeem the time, press into God. If you don't have something to do, go lock yourself in a closet and pray in tongues until you have breakthrough. Press into God. The rich young ruler came to Jesus. What must we do? I've done it all. Jesus said, go sell it all. (laughs) Go get rid of it. Oh, I don't know about that, Jesus. Let nothing keep you from his presence. Nothing keep you from his presence. Put yourself in a place to be discipled. Put your that's not just coming to church on Sunday, you know. (laughs) It's having strategic relationships and groups of people who pour into your life, small groups. Sunday school class, whatever, people who will pour into your life and say, hey, Bozo, you need to stop talking like that. That doesn't look like Jesus. 
And then instead of doing your checklist of, oh, I gotta, I gotta say 20 nice words before I can. Lord, I've got a mouth problem. I, I need to not say those things anymore. Will you transform me? Press into God. Turn the worship music on. Begin to saturate yourself in the presence of God. Don't allow anything to keep you out of the presence of God. Number two, how do we press into God? Forget the things that lie behind. Forget it. Forget the, forget the past. Forget your past. Stop looking back. Remember, that didn't work too well for Lot's wife. Stop looking at your past. Stop looking at your failures. Stop looking at the rejections. And can I say something boldly to our church as a congregation? Stop looking at the past hurts of others who've gone before. God is doing a new thing. It's a new day at Celebration Church. All things have been made new. If you hadn't noticed. <laughs> Press in. Press into God. Forget the things that lie behind. Even, even the good things. You know, the problem with living in the past is that your present starts to look strangely familiar. Stop looking at the things that were and begin to consider the possibilities in God. Begin to consider what God says. Begin to consider His holy nature. Begin to consider His excellent nature and all of the goodness that flows out of Him. Begin to consider His holiness and His completeness. Can be, <laughs> oh, begin to consider. Just, to, just take a moment on that. And that will just blow, blow you out of the water. Just, just begin to consider His undying, His unending love for you. Begin to consider that nothing can separate you from that love. Begin to consider that he's coming back and it's happening really soon begin to consider the things of God that lie before you and the possibilities that can be discovered when you press in and then thirdly make the most of what God is giving you today make the most of what he's doing today your destiny is not far off it's lived out today your destiny is not a futuristic thing. It's something that you've lived today. Step by step, baby step after baby step. Press in, press in, press in. God is pouring out His Spirit in our church in a, in a new way. He's doing something new. He's doing something fresh in our day today. Press in while His grace is upon us. Press in in the season of His outpouring. We, last year, 85 decisions for Christ, 44 supernatural healings, miracles taking place, 20-something people baptized in the Holy Spirit, people being baptized in water, 20,000 meals served through Night of Hope. Let me tell you something. God is pouring out His Spirit and celebration, and it's time to press in. It's time to press in. Receive. Receive, as we used to say, get under the spout where the glory's coming out. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do something here. We're gonna pray for everybody who wants prayer. Let's go ahead and move this. Why do we do that? Because it's a form of pressing in, pressing into the presence of God. It's pressing in, allowing God to get in, get into a place where the anointing, the tangible anointing power and presence of God can come and begin to affect you and change you well I don't want to fall 
Well, that's fine. Don't fall. Sit down. It's pretty simple. You might need to fall. You need to get on the surgery table and let God cut things out. That's okay. It's okay. God's doing something supernatural. Get in. Get in. It's the best thing in the world to be affected by the presence of God. Last Sunday while I was preaching, like I said, we, I say this every week, we don't chase the manifestations, but, but God does supernatural things and we recognize it when it happens and we say, Lord, we just want more of you. Last week while I was preaching, I didn't even feel good. I didn't even feel, you know, getting over this cold thing. And I'm standing here preaching and I, I just happened to go like this and I looked down at my hands and my hands were covered with gold. I don't, we don't chase those things. And you can see my hands just shimmered in the light with gold gold dust. I used to have that happen all the time when I preach. I'd have gold dust on my head, on my jacket, on my hands. Just the presence of God. He manifests His presence. We've had other people talk about the smell, smelling this aroma of God in the, in the atmosphere. Different smells, different aromas. God manifests Himself in different ways, friends. We don't chase those things, but we know that God is doing something supernatural, and we press in. He does it to say, hello, I'm in your midst. Will you step in behind the veil? Hello, I want to touch you. Will you come a little closer? That's what it's all about, friends. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.